Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. If you have a Bible, go to 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. We're going to start in verse 18. And I believe that what we're going to talk about today, the key that we're going to talk about today has the potential to change your life. But here's, here's the truth about all of these keys that we talk about throughout this series. It's a discipline. Turn to the person next to you and say, it is a discipline. For these keys to work in your life, it has to be a lifestyle that becomes a habit. At first, it's got to be like a daily reminder, you know, maybe write it on your mirror, hey, be thankful today, or keep your focus today, whatever the key is we've been talking about. Like, we need reminders so that it can become a discipline, and hopefully, the longer we go in this discipline, it becomes a habit that we don't even have to think about. It's just second nature for us to operate that way. There are certain aspects of my life in Christ that are just second nature. There are others that I have to work on. Focus, that's one I've got to work on. What we're going to talk about today with Thanksgiving, that's something I have to work on uh, because I, one of my spiritual gifts is complaining. Anybody else have that, that spiritual gift? Don't look at your husband. You know, like I, you, can take, you can take something real good and, and make it sound real bad real quick. That, that's one of the gifts that my wife has helped me uh, get rid of in my, in my life. Uh, we're on year 18 right now, and it's getting a little bit better. But First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, verse 18, the Bible says, Give thanks in all circumstances. Think about that. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Think about that. Everybody wants to know, God, what's your will for my life? Let's start with being thankful in all circumstances. Now, this is written by the Apostle Paul, who has been in and out of prison because of his faith. He has been beaten countless times, left for dead, shipwrecked at least three times that we know that are recorded in Scripture one of the times he was shipwrecked, he got bit by a venomous snake. So Paul is not saying, hey, life's going to be all sunshine and butterflies and roses, and because of that I can be thankful. No, no, he's saying life's hurts, life's painful, but I can still be thankful in all circumstances. There, there's something that the Apostle Paul has tapped into that I want to tap into. There is something he has learned to help him through life that I want to learn, that I want to become a discipline in my life. My wife is a school teacher, and every year at her school they do a talent show, and it's a really cool event. They raise money for a good cause, and so I always go to support it. Um, and, and the kids get up there, and they, they do their talent. They, they sing, they dance, they do all kinds of stuff, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not impressed. I'm just going to be honest, like, I'm not that impressed with the level of talent within these children. Now, there, there are some, some of you look at me, at me with an angry face. <laughs> Would you rather me lie? I'm just being honest with you, like, 
Some of these people get up there and they sing and their parent acts like it's the best thing they've ever heard. They got their cameras out. Tears are streaming down their face. That's my baby girl. Oh, Lord Jesus, it's beautiful. It's like the angels of heaven singing. And I'm thinking, are you listening to the same? Are you listening to the same performance as me? Like, what's going on here? I remember in youth group one time, this girl came in, and it was when our youth group was rather small, and we would allow things like this, and she said, the Lord just gave me a song to sing. And before she sang the song, she gives a story about this squirrel dying and her giving it mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, which already set us up for something amazing to happen. (laughs) And so she's like, the Lord just gave me a song. And then she proceeded to sing it, And I was thinking, sweetheart, maybe you should give it back to him. (laughs) It was just bad. And so so these kids, like, you know, they're up there, they're doing their thing, and bless their heart, it's entertaining, but it's not good. It's not, Jenna, you you teach there at the school with my wife. Am I telling the truth? It's not always the best thing. (laughs) You're saying that because your kid's probably performing in the talent show, Jenna. But here's here's the thing. Here's... (laughs) <laughs> Here, here's the thing when I was thinking about it because I'll do the same thing like my little girls man they'll sing in the, in the back seat and I think man that's the cutest thing in the world especially when they're singing about Jesus it just touches my heart but they're off key but I enjoy it just like the parents enjoy watching their children sing and I realize it's because we are filtering their song through our love for them Because I care so deeply about this individual, when they do something, I enjoy it and I want to encourage them and I I, I want them to to feel good about themselves. I want to build their self-esteem. I'm filtering the song they are doing through my feelings about them, through my love for them. I have a different perspective with my children than I do the children of strangers, and you do too. How many of you, you, you agree? You, you see your children differently than you see the children of strangers. doesn't mean that you're not caring or compassionate. It's just like when, when someone else's kid belts out a song that's off-key, you're like, dear Lord Jesus. But when yours does it, it's that sweet angel because of how you are filtering what's happening. I want to apply that to Thanksgiving. When Paul says be thankful in all circumstances, he's not saying you can do that because you're going to enjoy all circumstances. He's able to say that because he is filtering the situation a little bit differently than maybe you and I filter the situation. Thanksgiving is all about perspective. Turn to the person next to you and say Thanksgiving is all about perspective. It's not that I am thankful for all things. That's not what the Apostle Paul said. Gavin, he doesn't say, in all things, be thankful. That's not what he says. He says, give thanks in all things. Don't be, it's not that you're thankful for all things, but you can be thankful in all things because you have a different perspective. In other words, I'm not thankful for uncertain times, Nick. 
Like when things are going on in the world or in my family and I don't know how it's going to pan out, I don't just sit there and go, man, I'm really thankful this is happening to me right now. You know, that's just great. I'm, I'm glad everything's falling apart. No, 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 no. I'm not thankful for uncertain times, but I can be thankful in uncertain times because I know who holds my future. I'm not thankful for trials. You know why? Because I'm not sadistic. I am not thankful for bad times in my life. I am not thankful for crisis. But I can be thankful in trials and through trials because I know it is producing something in me. Are you following this this morning? So the Apostle Paul is not thankful for being in and out of prison, but he can be thankful in prison because it is serving to advance the gospel. He's not thankful for being shipwrecked, but he can be thankful in that moment because God used it to give him an opportunity to minister Jesus to people who had never heard the name of Jesus. Are you seeing this? So it's not that I'm thankful for but I can be thankful in because I have a different perspective. I have a different way of looking at things. I'm not looking at the trial. I'm not focusing on the trial, but I'm looking at what God can do through this trial for me. And what does it do? It produces thanksgiving in me, thankful in all things. One of the greatest stories about perspective to me, is the story of Joseph from Scripture. If you know the story, he was hated by his brothers. They throw him into a pit. They intend to kill him. And then they change their mind, and instead of killing him, they throw him into slavery. They sell him off. Can you imagine that? People that are supposed to be there for you, helping you, supporting you, loving you, nurturing you, are the ones that are selling you off. That's what's going on in Joseph's life. When he gets sold into slavery, he is then falsely accused. And because of that false accusation, he winds up in prison. While he's there in prison, God uses him to interpret someone's dream. And he begins to discover there's, there's a gift in my life to be able to hear the dream of others and be able to tell them what the dream means. And this gift makes room for him to see the king of Egypt. And so one day he goes in, he's meeting with the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh has this dream that he can't understand, he can't figure it out, but Joseph's there. Because how many of you know God will always make room for your gift? Even in the midst of a terrible situation, God has a way of working it out for you. And so he brings Joseph into the presence of, of the king of Egypt, the king of Egypt begins to tell him about this dream, and Joseph goes, here's the deal. There's going to be seven years of plenty. That means there's, we're going to have good harvest, good growth, plenty of groceries. There's going to be toilet paper on the shelf at Publix when you go. But after that seven years, people are going to go crazy. They're going to, get rid of, they're going to buy all the toilet paper. And if you're one of those people still hoarding toilet paper, please release it to the public. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But after seven years of good, there's going to be seven years of famine. There's not going to be any food or any growth. And so here's what we need to do. We need to make sure that we store up 
during the seven good years so that when the difficult times, we've got a game plan. And here's what you need to know. In life, there will be difficult times. Turn to the person next to you and say, there will be difficult times. But when you serve God, he will give you a game plan to get you through those times. And so God gives Joseph the strategy of how to bring Egypt through the next 14 years of their life. And because of this, he receives favor. He ends up to becoming the second in command of all Egypt. So he goes from being this kid that's hated, sold by his brothers into slavery, to second in command. Now, the first seven years, plenty of food. But when, when famine comes, if you need food, you got to go talk to Joseph. And so his brothers are facing this crisis just like everyone else. And when they need food, they have to come face Joseph. And at first, they do not realize who he is. But when they find out, they start to panic. They start to freak out because now our life is in the hand of the kid that we tried to destroy. They don't know how this is going to turn out. But watch what Joseph says. This is such a powerful statement he makes when we talk about perspective, how we view things. He says this in Genesis 50, verse 20. He's talking to his brothers. He says, as for you, you meant evil against me. Your plan was bad. You you intended to destroy me. That was your intentions. But God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Nick, he's seeing it in this moment. He's seeing everything that I went through, I went through to get me to this moment in life where I could save an entire nation. And he begins to realize there is purpose behind his pain. To the person next to you, say, there's purpose behind your pain. There's nothing that you're going through that can't be used for you. The Bible teaches that God is working all things together for my good. That doesn't mean that God is causing it to happen, but he has the ability because he knows the end from the beginning that when it happens, he says, I'm going to use this for their good. The thing they thought would destroy them is the thing I'm going to use to bless them. The thing they thought would hinder their life is the thing I'm going to use to propel their life. And so when I have this perspective, Mandy, it gives me the ability that when I'm in the middle of the pit or when I'm in the middle of the prison, I can say, God, I am thankful that you are with me and I know you are working it to my good. I don't enjoy the situation, but I know there's a better outcome in my future. Perspective, somebody say perspective. It's all about how you view what you are currently walking through. How many of you have lived long enough to see God bring you from somewhere you didn't want to be to where you are now? Time after time after time, situations in my life that I thought, man, this is it. This is so heavy. I can't handle this. And now I'm still here. I'm still breathing. I'm still moving. I'm still doing. Why? Because God is faithful and he will use the painful things in my life to promote me to a new place. And because of that, I can be thankful in the trial. James says, count it all joy. When you find yourself 
in trials of various kinds. So here's what we have to see. First, when you find yourself in trial, which means trials are coming. Then he says various kinds, which means it's like a variety pack. It's like going to the store and buying a variety pack of chips. There's something there for everybody. But he says you can find joy in that trial because it is producing a patient endurance. It's producing a strength that you're going to need for where I am taking you. Then James says, let that process have its work in you so that at the end of the day, you can be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. That is God's desire for your life, for you to be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. By his stripes, we are made whole, complete, perfect, lacking nothing. But in order for us to get to that place, we have to endure some trials. We have to endure some battles because every blessing in life is going to come with a challenge. But I can either focus on the blessing or I can focus on the challenge that comes with it. It's all perspective. If you think about the story of David and Goliath, the entire nation sees Goliath as a problem. The entire nation sees Goliath and all they see is trouble. But David steps into the situation with the same giant, but he doesn't see it the same way. David doesn't see a problem he sees an opportunity. And he seizes the moment, he faces the giant, and that problem became an opportunity to propel him into his future. Here's what you have to understand. When the enemy sends things to attack you and to destroy you and try to bring you down, it can either become the problem that will crush you or it can become the opportunity that will propel you. But it's all about perspective. That's why so many of us, we can walk through the same type of things in life, but have a different outcome because of how we view what we're walking through. And so if I can get this right and understand God is working all things together for my good, even the things that aren't good, even the things that were intended for evil, then somewhere in it, I can find thanksgiving because God is producing something inside of me. Tell the person next to you and say, he's producing something. One of, one of the most, I won't go into details, but there was a time in my life I went through something that was very painful, and I did not understand the pain until I went through it. I had seen other people go through similar situations, but I never understood the pain until I went through it myself. And I remember crying out to God. I remember being on the floor, tears hitting, hitting the car. Have you ever been there like where your face is like, and just tears? And, and I'm praying and I don't understand it. But now I understand that there is a level of compassion inside of me that I did not have before. There's a level of compassion that I was going to need for God was going to take me. And now I've got it because that trial produced something in my life. Every trial produces if you'll allow it to produce. Every trial produces if you'll allow it to produce. Some of you in here, you have a, your, your, your background, you have this story of, of addiction. 
you have the story of being bound by a substance that was a trial in your life. And, and to, still today, maybe you still wrestle with some of these feelings and some of these desires, but I want you to know that that trial in your life can actually become something that propels you into a ministry to help other people that are dealing with what you have dealt with. See, we don't see it that way. We don't see it that way. Some of the childhood traumas that you have dealt with in your life that were not fair, they were not easy, they were unexcusable, don't have to be the things that define the rest of your life. Maybe that could be the thing that gives you the compassion and the wisdom to help somebody else come through what you've walked through. Perspective. Turn the person next and say perspective. Problem is, sometimes we allow the things from our past to call a, cause a bitterness that confines us instead of allowing that to have a work inside of us that produces something to propel us. Again, God didn't cause it. I don't even believe, some people believe that God ordained the evil in your life. I don't believe that God ordained the evil of your, in your life. I believe he is the author of good. He is the author of life. I believe that we sinned and sin caused a major, major disruption in the plan of God that Jesus came back and fixed that we do not yet fully see the solution to because we still live in this fallen world and one day we will see it all pan out. So there are many things that are just a result of sin and the fallen nature and things that we have to walk through, things that come to us. But I believe that every single one of those things that are meant for evil, God is working to our good. Somebody say it's perspective. Thanksgiving in all circumstances is not an ability we're born with. That's not our knee-jerk reaction, or at least it's not for me. When I see trouble, my first response isn't always to go, oh, man, I'm so thankful that something good's, something good's about to happen. I just feel like something good is about it's not Sometimes, no, it's not me. It's something that we have to learn. It is a discipline. Turn to the person next to you say it's a discipline. You know, just like your children, you have to teach them to be thankful. Am I right, parents? Your kids, when they first started talking, their first words weren't, thank you. Mama, thank you for everything your body went through to produce me. Thank you for giving me milk. <laughs> something we have to train them in. We have to, we have to prompt them when somebody gives them something. We have to say, what do you say? What do you say? What are we do? We're trying to train them to learn to be grateful. We have to train ourselves to see the blessing and not the challenge. Owning a home is a blessing, but the upkeep's a challenge. So I can either focus on the blessing of a home or I can focus on the challenge of the upkeep. Children are a blessing from the Lord, but they're also messy. I can either focus on the blessing or I can focus on the mess. It's all perspective. But if I'll look at the right thing, that's what Paul's wanting us to see. If we'll look at the right thing, it can produce thanksgiving in our life. That's why I can be thankful in all circumstances. Even though I've been beaten, even though I've been thrown in prison, even though I've been shipwrecked, even though I've been bitten by a snake, I'm thankful in it because God is producing something through it. 
I want to land here in Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, where God is about to take the children of Israel into the promised land. But before we get there, I want to give you two things from 2 Corinthians 4, 17, where the Apostle Paul says this, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look perspective not to the things that are seen so i'm not looking at the natural things i'm not looking at the problem but to the things that are unseen that's where my focus is god what are you doing behind the scenes that i can't see with my natural eyes for the things that are seen are transient that means they're temporary but the things that are unseen are eternal so there's two things in this passage we can grasp hold of to help shift our focus and give us perspective the first thing is this everything in life is temporary please hear me everything in this life is temporary the second thing is it is preparing it's temporary and it's preparing so I can be thankful in it somebody say perspective so in Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, Moses is about to bring the children of Israel into the promised land. They've come from Egypt where they were bound as slaves for over 400 years. They've wandered through the wilderness, which was a process of God working on them to prepare them to inhabit this promised land. Now they're about to step in, but Moses is going to give them a lesson on gratitude. Because whatever you're not thankful for in your life will exit your life. Did you hear what I just said? The things you fail to be grateful for will eventually exit your life. Another th way you can say it is the things you do not celebrate will exit your life. So Moses is warning these people, you're about to step into a major blessing, but there's some things you need to understand about this blessing so that you can manage this blessing and grow in it. He's going to give them a lesson on gratitude. So here's what he says. Chapter 8 of Deuteronomy, starting at verse 7. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, and a land of olive trees and honey flowing with the salmon of Capistrano. A, sorry, dumb and dumber, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper, and you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. This is going to be an upgrade. You've come from slavery You've gone to the wilderness. Now you're coming into your promise. It's going to be a good land. And as you come in, you shall bless the Lord. Be thankful to the Lord for the good land he has given you. Verse 11, take care lest you forget the Lord your God by keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. 
Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. First point, bless the Lord for the good land he has given you. In other words, be thankful for what you already have. I was in my wife's classroom around Thanksgiving one year, and I asked the class, I was like, all right, kids, what are you thankful for? And I pointed to this, this little girl. And she froze. And she was like, uh, 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 can you come back to me? She, she couldn't process something to be thankful for in that moment. And I think that's how we are sometimes. We, we are so used to what we already have that we forget to be thankful for it. We're, we're so used to turning on the shower and filling hot water that I no longer go, man, I'm thankful I've got hot water. We're so used to going to the fridge and opening it up and grabbing something out to eat whenever we want to eat that we forget to go, man, I'm thankful I've got food. We go to our closet, we throw on clothes, and we forget to think, man, I'm thankful that I've got clothes. We're always, we're always griping and complaining about, oh, this thing's all worn out and tired, and I need to go shopping and get me something new. <laughs> Forgetting the fact that you've already got something, and Moses is saying, before you move into what's next, be thankful for what you currently have now. Be thankful that you woke up this morning. Be thankful that you were able to get in a hot shower. Be thankful that you were able to come to church and worship Jesus Christ without persecution. Be thankful for the good you already have. Because here's what you need to know. If you'll learn to be thankful for what you have, it will, it will create the capacity for more. But why would God give you more if you're not thankful for what you already have? Why would he give you more of something that you're not stewarding well right now? God, I need more money. I need no gold, Jesus. Just give me more money. And he's going, dummy, you're not stewarding what you have right now, and more is not going to fix your bad stewardship. Has anybody experienced that before in life, that, that, that more doesn't fix things? More just gives you the ability to do more of what you're already doing wrong. Am I right? More debt. So God's saying, be thankful for, for what you currently have. If you'll learn to steward what you have and be thankful for it, then I can release more into your life. When I was a little kid, my dad bought me this toy guitar. had a little built-in speaker. It was called the Terminator. And for a while, I, you know, I messed with it and then ended up in the, the closet, didn't do anything with it. And then I decided I'm going to learn how to play the bass guitar. 
So I wanted to get a bass guitar. You know what my dad didn't buy me? A bass guitar. He wouldn't give me a bass guitar. I was like, why won't you give me a bass guitar? He said, well, I, I got you the Terminator guitar. I bought you a saxophone. You didn't do anything with that. I'm not buying you a bass guitar. So you know what I did? I took the saxophone that he had given me. I bummed a ride from somebody. I'm just a little child doing all this, by the way. I, I bummed a ride from somebody. They took me to a music store, and I traded that saxophone in on a bass guitar. And I took that bass guitar, and I started playing, and I started learning, and I, I, I got passionate about learning to play this bass guitar. And as my dad saw me get passionate about what I had and steward what I had well, he went and bought me a nice bass guitar. And throughout my life, he's had no problem saying yes to any musical instrument that I want now because he saw that I was willing to steward what I had. So be thankful for. Turn to the person next to you and say, be thankful for. That's the first thing Moses tells them. You're going into a new land. Be thankful for what you got. Then he says, number two, don't forget where you came from. That's a big one. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget that one time you were a slave in Egypt. One time you had nothing. Don't start complaining about melon because every day you're having to eat melons. Remember the days that you didn't have anything. Don't forget where you came from. Never forget what God has brought you through. Don't forget the struggle. Don't forget the pain, don't forget about the times that you cried out to God and he heard you and he rescued you. There's a story in scripture where 10 lepers, it's a skin-eating disease, they come to Jesus. Jesus prays for them. The Bible says all 10 of them were healed. They go on their way. And as they go on their way, they start noticing, man, this leprosy is leaving. And as soon as they notice it, one of them turns back and he runs to Jesus and he falls at Jesus' feet and he starts worshiping and going, man, thank you so much for doing this. You don't know how long I've been wrestling with this condition and now I'm made whole. And Jesus goes, man, weren't there 10 of you? Where's the other nine? How many of us are the other nine? We cry out to God for relief. He responds with a mighty hand. And then we walk away as, it never, as if it never happened. I've seen that in my life. Where people go through crisis, they cry out and they ask for prayer and agreement and all this stuff happens. God moves in a mighty and a powerful way. He performs a miracle and they do nothing with it. They live as if it never happened. That's scary. Never forget where you came from. Never forget the struggle. Always be thankful that God heard you and he moved on your behalf because that thankfulness will produce a new move for right now. Because God goes, you know what? They've always been thankful for everything that I've done for them and everything that I've brought them through. And so I'm always going to respond. I'm always going to move. When they cry out, I'm going to move because they have a heart of worship, which is thanksgiving. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't forget where you came from. These are, these are things that we need if we're going to produce a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Thirdly, he tells them don't be entitled. The children of Israel did not get the promised land because they deserved it. They got it because God is good. Sometimes we do not 
give thanks for something we get because we feel like we deserved it all along. You do not. You don't deserve any good thing. The fact that we just get an opportunity at heaven blows my mind because we haven't done anything to deserve it. So I'm not going to live entitled. Everything that comes my way, I'm going to be thankful for it because it is a gift of God for me. When we think we deserve stuff, we live with an attitude of entitlement, and when we get stuff, we forget to praise the one who brought it our way. Think about that. The final thing he tells them is, remember that everything you have comes from God. Moses said, beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. I think this is a trap that many of us fall in. We forget where we came from. We forget the struggle. We forget the moments we cried out to God. We forget the moments he responded to us. And then when he blesses us, we don't thank him because we think we deserve it and we think that we did it. It was my ability that got me there. It was my work ethic that built this business. Now listen, you had a part to play in it, for sure. You weren't lazy. You worked hard. You put your mind to something. But who gave you that mind to work? Who placed the wisdom inside of you from the first place? Who gave you the ability to do what you do? It is he that gives you power to get wealth. Everything that comes into my hand is because God has given me the ability to get it. I don't stand on this stage today because I can do it on my own. The feet belong to Jesus. The legs belong to Jesus. The vocal cords belong to Jesus. So I'm going to be thankful for that. I'm going to be thankful that in everything I do, he gives me the power to increase. He gives me the power to get wealth. And I'm not going to forget that he is the one that does it because he can remove it like that. Think about that. Think about some of these musicians. We were talking about guitars earlier. You know, take a guy like Eric Clapton, phenomenal guitar player, gets paid a lot of money to play that guitar. You know how useful Eric Clapton would be if his right hand got cut off or his right hand got paralyzed and he had no use of it? Well, I'm the one that studied and, tra and trained and practiced all these years. I'm the, no, 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 God gave you that. He's the one that put that hand on you and put that gift inside of you. Everything that you do that you think you're the one doing it can be just like that. My vocal cords could dry up and I could never be able to speak again and this gift would become useless. So I better be thankful for what I have and realize that he is the one that brought it my way. You want to know why I have no problem giving in church? Because I know he's the one that has placed it in my hand. And I'm teaching my children that. If something comes to them, they get birthday money, I say, this portion belongs to God. And you say, well, you're living under the law. And forget the law. Forget the law. I could care less if it's a law or not. It has to do with honor. It has to do with the fact that God 
gave me the ability to get it, and I'm going to, in response, say, here you go. I'm going to bless you for blessing me. And something happens to the heart of God when he finds a person that is grateful for what they have, they steward it well, and they're generous with it. What does he say? I'll open up the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing upon you that you cannot contain. God can turn your life around like that. We're the, we're the ones standing in the way of it. You get that? <laughs> we're the stumbling block. We're the speed bump in the road. Not God. It is either our ignorance, our lack of knowledge, or our unwillingness to obey what he's asked us to do that locks up the blessing from being released in our life. But Dwight, as soon as we go, you know what? Everything that I am, everything I have comes from God. I'm thankful for what I have. You know what he does? He says, that's someone I can trust with more because they've stewarded what they have well and they've been grateful for it. They're grateful for what they have. As we move into this holiday season, I want you to understand that Thanksgiving is not a day on the calendar. It's a lifestyle that is produced through our perspective. We have to learn to start seeing the thanks in every situation, knowing that this light momentary affliction is producing something for me greater than I can comprehend right now. And if I can stand and endure, I know that I'll make it to the other side.